everybody. This is Nikki Tamburino, and you're listening to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast, the show that explores the why of running for people who love to run. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Nikki Tamburino and follow this show at Maybe Running Will Help for all the latest inspiration from our guests, information on how Maybe Running Will Help, and how you can use our sport for personal development in your life. Today, I'm speaking with pelvic health expert Naomi Dillon. She has a doctorate degree in physical therapy and currently works at FX Physical Therapy in Hunt Valley, Maryland, treating athletes, including runners, to help them advance their athleticism and recover from pain and injury. On this episode, get ready, because we're talking about all that stuff you've probably been too embarrassed to mention to your coach, even though it could be significantly impacting your performance. Topics that include incontinence, constipation, and we'll even talk about erectile dysfunction. The good news here is that many of these conditions may be treatable with physical therapy. If you're someone who has experienced issues with bladder control, you're not alone. It's time to get out of our adult diapers and into this conversation. Now, let's get started. Naomi, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm so excited to be able to have this conversation with you because I know you from meeting you at FX Studio where you work, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But I was immediately a fan finding out what you specialize in. Yeah. So just to give a little background here, this is Naomi Dillon. She is a physical therapist and you have, you're like a doctor, right? Doctor of physical Mm -hmm. therapy. So, but she specializes in the coolest, most helpful and useful area, in my opinion, that I had no idea existed, pelvic health. Yes. So can you just give us a little like brief summary of who you are and what you do and who you work with, like in your Yeah, 100%. Like you said, I have a doctorate in physical therapy um, and I've been in practice for about actually coming up on four years in August, which is really exciting. Um, And ever since I left school, I found in my third year that I was really passionate about public health just because there's so many, um, in my experience, so many women that I meet who are like, yeah, I mean, I had my third baby and like, you know, part of my vagina hangs out and like, that's fine. Like, I'm fine. You know what I mean? I can just like live with that or like, I'll be running and like, you know, I just have a little bit of incontinence and that's totally normal and that's fine. Um, and so I was like really desensitized as a kid from like hearing these stories, you know what I mean? Cause like, okay, it's like, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Let's get it out on the table um, and have like the hive mind community like help you out. Right. But like there was never a resolution. Um, and so when we had the pelvic floor PT come into my class, I was like, this is super interesting. And like, I don't know why we don't talk about this more than the two hour lecture I got in school. Um, And so I was working at a busy outpatient clinic. So I never really had time to kind of like figure that out. And then I met Jared and like started working at FX and he really fostered, um, he and Kelly both really fostered that my ability to be able to go and learn more about this to help people. And now like, you know, I love treating everyone. I mean, I treat, all genders. I treat, um, you know, my favorite is pelvic pain, but you know, I treat everything. So, um, 
yeah, so that's like my work life, but I also enjoy gardening and baking and uh, strength training and stuff like that. So yeah. So it's so funny when you were talking and you were saying how you were hearing from women, uh, you know, <laughs> my vagina's hanging out. It's no big mm -hmm. deal. I'm leaking when I run. No big I mean, I feel like we have kind of like just accepted it, right? We're just like, okay, you when you have a baby, you're a mom, your job is to be a mom and like all the things that come along with it, that's just part of the package. So yes. we're just kind of like not really thinking about how to fix it, but how, how do we uh, like manage it? And that's basically when I met you, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, well, I've just kind of settled on the fact that there are certain times of the month where it's going to be more difficult for me to run because mm -hmm. I have more trouble controlling, you know, my bladder than others. And yeah. I just, I just found a workaround to it. I was just like, well, those runs, I have to wear extra protection or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute, there's actually like something I can do like to fix it. So is the bladder control like one that you come across a lot, especially mm -hmm. for runners? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, runners and heavy lifters, definitely. Yeah. Um, those are two categories. Um, but even just like, you know, I'll have some patients who like I was treating somebody the other day that like they have um, like urgency and frequency and they just had surgery. So like they just had an abdominal surgery. And so that kind of explains why they're having that urgency and frequency, right? But it all comes back to the pelvic floor and the pelvic floor's uh, uh, ability to be malleable, right? Like we need to be able to relax and contract. The pelvic floor is super amazing. It um, reflexively contracts about two milliseconds before your foot hits the ground when you run. There ain't no way you're controlling that. You can't sit there and like grip your pelvic floor for all of time, right? Because if you do, you're going to run out of power, right? Wow. And then you're not keeping anything in, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's all about learning how to control that relaxation and that contraction and really develop that power and that force absorption, which are critical for running, power cleans, like any, any of those movements that you're doing. CrossFit athletes, especially, they'll struggle with that. But like, you know, clean jerk snatch, any of those kind of movements too, like they require a lot of power and a lot of people just like hold their breath and hope for the best. Um, <laughs> and that's not what we want, right? Like you want to feel empowered doing these things and your incontinence is holding you back. So let's like relearn how to strengthen all these pieces, strengthen your hips, strengthen your core, strengthen your pelvic floor and get the team working together better. Um, that way you don't leak. <laughs> so- yep. Is that, is this an issue that really does present itself for women after having kids or is it more common than even that? Um, most commonly it's postpartum, but yeah. you know, there are times when, um, people, I see people who haven't had kids and they have a prolapse or they have inc issues with incontinence. Um, I have men who like come and see me and they have issues with incontinence and they're not, you know, they don't have kids. So um, you know, there's all these different, everybody can get it. Everybody has a pelvic floor and your one of your main jobs of your pelvic floor is to be continent, right? To stay continent, yeah. close everything off. Um, and if it's not timing things properly, then yeah, you're going to leak. Yeah. So is the, knowing that there's like all different reasons that this happens, men, women, is the treatment for it pretty similar for everyone? Um, that's an interesting question. So like, I don't necessarily follow like a protocol, if that's what you mean. Um, you know, I assess each person individually and, you know, yeah. some people they're really good at like, oh, I have really good endurance, 
but they have terrible quick contractions, right? Or like another person, they'll have really great quick contractions, but like, okay, endurance, right? So we want to improve all those things, but then we want to take that and we don't just want to be doing Kegels on the table, right? right. Um, we want to go into the gym and then apply that. And so that's really where I feel like the art meets the science is like, yes, you need to be able to do these rapid contractions. You need to have good endurance, et cetera, et cetera, right? But you need to be able to apply that in the gym to whatever movement you're going to be doing. So if you're running, we're going to be doing a lot of single leg strengthening that we're working on getting your pelvic floor to work with the rest of the team, to work with your glutes, to work with your adductors, to work with your, you know, deep hip rotators to make sure that your pelvic floor has that support, mm. right? Because if it doesn't, whoop, right, you're going to fatigue yeah. out a lot faster. Like, it's so interesting that I am fully, like, not understanding how to do it. Like, I think it's because it's something that you think is intuitive, right? Yes. Like, you're, right, so that's why we don't, like, exercise it or work on it. You just right. expect to have bladder control. Right. So, I guess, how do you assess if somebody is better with endurance or the mm -hmm. fast contraction? Like, how do you assess that? Yeah, so... It varies based on um, someone's comfort level, right? But um, I do internal exams. So I do vaginal and rectal exams. And that's the best way to tell what's going on with the pelvic floor, right? So not, and I don't do them every session, right? Like it's whatever the patient comfort level is. And some people just hearing their story, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I only really leak at the end of the day after I've been out in the garden for four hours. Like, okay, that sounds like it might be an endurance problem or mm -hmm. it might be, it might not be, but that's where my brain starts to go. You know what I mean? And so we head down that path. Um, and if that path ends up with nothing, then okay, we're gonna switch gears slightly and we're gonna try this slight variation, right? And see where that goes. Um, and so, with the internal exams, I'll end up doing like, okay, like I have a set protocol of tests that I run, right? How long can you hold for? How many times can you hold at that level of strength? Um, and then how many fast quick contractions can you do? Are you able to relax your pelvic floor after each one, right? Cause like all of these things are important in take running, right? You need that quick contraction, but you also need it to relax, right? Because yeah. if it's not relaxing, um, then, and you're just gripping, like I said earlier, you're just going to run out of steam. You're not going to have enough energy to keep that muscle contracted. And we retest side to side, right? Because there is a right and a left of your pelvic floor. We don't use them that way, at least right. cognitively, right? Reflexively we do. Um, but yeah, it's pretty wild. That is wild. That is like actually fascinating. Is there something in general we should be doing or... And then maybe that works. And then if it doesn't, you come in for an assessment or yeah. like, how do you recommend people um, treat this? hundred um, percent. We, I always start with diaphragmatic breathing. And the reason that seems like a complete, like, what are you, what? <laughs> um, breathing but the, the diaphragm and the pelvic floor have a really close relationship. Um, so if you think about the deep core system, right? Everybody just thinks about their sick pack abs. Or if you've been to PT, you're like transverse abdominis. I know that muscle because you do your pelvic tilt, blah, 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 right? All that stuff. Um, yeah, transverse abdominis and multifidus, which are the, the spinal component, they're related, right? But that's just two sides of the box, right? You need the top and the bottom as well. Um, and so your diaphragm and your pelvic floor are those two pieces, right? And so your diaphragm, when it contracts, it um, flattens out and it causes the inside of your abdomen to get bigger, right? That space. Um, and to preserve pressure, your pelvic floor gently relaxes so that the pressure doesn't change too much. Um, and then the inverse happens when you exhale. So your pelvic floor gently contracts and then your diaphragm um, kind of comes back up into your ribs, right? So that's happening and you don't even think about it. 
Right. Right. So that's typically where I have people start is like, let's just do some diaphragmatic breathing and check in and see if you can feel that movement or if you can make it a little bit more dramatic, if you can make that relaxation a little bit more dramatic without pushing. And if you can do a little contraction, a little Kegel on your way back up on that exhale, right? Because then we apply that into literally everything else, squats, deadlifts, um, overhead press, like whatever you're coming in for, we're breathing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, taking that and then applying it, right? So are you able to feel that you're doing a Kegel? Do you notice that your like perineum or your vaginal opening or your anus, whatever you want to call it, like whatever you want to look at, is that moving? Are you able to feel that movement? Um, and if you're having trouble with that, then that's time to come in. Um, and if you have trouble applying that breathing into functional movements, then that's another good time to come in and just like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Can we talk through this? All right. And so how typically, like often people who are working on this, like how often, how many minutes a day or like how, you know, what, like what's the time commitment to strengthen yeah. this pelvic floor? I would say... I typically don't recommend more than 40 reps a day. So it's a daily thing and like 40 reps of whatever. Well, yes and no, because okay. everybody's different, right? So like yeah. incontinence is one thing, right? But the other thing that we need to assess is how tense your pelvic floor is. If you're resting in a contracted position, I like to use a trampoline because it's easy for people to visualize, right? If you have a trampoline, if you pull the springs back really hard, right? And you really tighten that trampoline, you're not jumping anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like walking on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. If you relax those springs a little bit, then you have some more movement and you're able to jump. It's the same thing with your pelvic floor, right? So if you're sitting doing a million contractions, right? And nothing's improving, then contractions may not be the right thing for you, which is why the diaphragmatic breathing is helpful, right? Because mm -hmm. it restores that relationship between relaxation and contraction um, because you're getting pretty close to a full relaxation when you're breathing all the way in. Right. Um, so for those kind of people, it may be more focused on relaxation than on contractions. So, yeah, it depends person to person. But automatic yeah. breathing and 20 to 40 contractions a day is typically helpful. So the one question that I remember I asked you when I first met you, did not know you <laughs> at all. And I'm like, yeah. um, so how come I have more trouble controlling my bladder when it's like 10 days before my period? So you can talk a little bit about that and how our menstrual cycle impacts running, training, working out yeah. for women. Yeah. So there's a piece of that. Um, first of all, like if you're having pain or if you're having like severe cramping, like that's going to um, make things tougher for you to train, right? So there's that piece. When it comes to incontinence and prolapse, um, a lot of times there's extra, the there's this thing called the urogenital hiatus, which is where your urethra and your vagina are, right? Um, and it's kind of this like little semicircle, right? That's cut out of the musculature. Um, and when you're on your period, that widens a little bit. And so that's why a lot of times those, um, you'll get more of those symptoms. There's also a hormonal aspect to it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why it becomes a little bit tougher um, for you to control your bladder when you're on or around your period. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty common though. I have like a number of patients who have that, who have a similar experience. And so doing this training can help um, with some of that. So all right, we talked about, oh, you know what? Okay. So we talked a little bit about female athletes, but what about like men? Like, what, are they coming to you for this, the same thing? Is it different? Like, how does this impact men or how do you work with men? Um, so I see a variety of um, diagnoses for men. So yes, incontinence, right? 
there's something called chronic prostatitis where the prostate becomes inflamed for one reason reason or another. Um, and sometimes if it's chronic, that can be due to the pelvic floor being too tight. And so we work on that. Um, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, like pretty much everything um, going on down there, right? I treat as well. So uh, including constipation, including IBS, like all of these things have a relation to the pelvic floor because the pelvic floor is the interface of the organ systems coming into the musculoskeletal system, right? So if you're dealing with chronic constipation, for example, if you're not able to relax your pelvic floor well enough to have a bowel movement, you're going to continue to be constipated. If you're straining to have a bowel movement, right, like that can end up with all kinds of other fun diagnoses, right? So, yeah, so I work on a lot of things, not just like solely for women, right? So there's a lot that we can do internally, externally for both, for all genders. So, yeah. Okay. I have two questions. One, I Chris, want to ask about erectile dysfunction. Like how is that you treat that through like not a pill? Like, are you saying that you treat that physically? Yes. Yeah. So the pelvic floor plays a huge role in maintaining an erection Uh um, because it, again, it has a sphincteric function, right? So it's closing everything off to keep the blood in, right? Uh Um, And so if you have issues with maintaining an erection, right, then your pelvic floor may be at fault. And so learning how to build up that endurance, because endurance is a huge, it's the same thing for like the female orgasm too, right? It's, a, <laughs> if you don't have the muscular endurance, your orgasms can change. Huh. Yeah. So I don't think people know that. No, people do not know that. <laughs> so, and that's the thing, like, I'll have some people who like, um, they'll come to me postpartum and they'll be like, I feel like my, this is random, but I feel like my orgasms are different. And I'm like, yeah, because your pelvic floor is working differently than it was before. And so we have to retrain, build back up that endurance, right? Um, so that you're able to have a proper orgasm. So I manage, I, I imagine that most people come to you for something else and then end up like, realizing that you treat that and being yes. like, oh yeah. And then you're like, oh, I can help with that too. That's, yep. that's yep. crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. Um, so in terms of like performance, like what are the things that men are coming to you for, for the pelvic floor? Like how does having an issue with the pelvic floor impact their performance? I guess. Um, when it comes to running and exercise, is that what you mean? Or yeah, like, I guess aside from like, you know, having like trouble with bladder control or something like that. Are there other things that men deal with that maybe women don't deal with uh, from an athletic standpoint that that um, you treat? Or is it really like for men and athletics or running or whatever, it's really just the incontinence thing as well? So I would say two things. I would say like perineal pain um, or testicular pain. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll see that when it comes to running or lifting. And then the other thing is hernias. Oh, um, men are more likely to get hernias just because their ligamentous system is different than our, uh, than the female system. Um, and so, yeah, so I treat hernias as well. So like, you know, not every hernia needs a giant pack. Obviously you need to be screened by your doctor first, right. To make sure that like, it's not impinging on anything and you know, your GI system is where it's supposed to be, but yeah, restoring core function, like hernias are just a factor of you're not controlling your pressure well enough. Um, and so learning how to properly manage that pressure can prevent future hernias and can help when you're lifting things for your hernia to not pop back out. 
Okay, yeah. so what about, um, you talked about what the one thing that you really enjoyed treating or were really interested in was pelvic pain. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that and like uh, how that comes into what you do? Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. So I personally have uh, endometriosis and um, a bladder, a painful bladder condition. Um, and so like, I know from personal experience what that's like and how much you really have to change the workouts that you do and like what your activity level is like, and, um, you know, sometimes even diet. So there's all these different aspects that can affect that. And it's really, it's quite an honor, honestly, to watch someone who comes to me like either before surgery or after surgery. Um, and is like, I'm in so much pain. I literally, I cannot move. I'm stuck in this like crouched over position. Mm -hmm. I can confidently go out in the gym and I'm deadlifting again, I'm running again, I'm doing bar, I'm doing Pilates, like whatever it was that I enjoyed before my condition got severe. Now I'm able to do that again. Um, and like, I'm able to have sex with my partner and it's not painful. I'm able to like use the bathroom and it's not painful. Like all of these amazing um, things and that you, there's so many different components to it, right? There's a mental component, there's a physical component, um, and there's a medical component, meaning like medications and stuff. So like mm -hmm. learning how to weave all those systems together, um, and watch someone really come back to life is like, it's amazing. Honestly, that is amazing. Yeah. Wow. All right. So I want to talk a little bit also about, um, her, which is, mm -hmm. um, an organization that did you found this organization? This is an organization that you found and um, yeah. tell us what that stands for and, and a little bit about what it is. So myself and um, Allie Wesley, who's one of the um, strength coaches at Under Armour Performance Center, who's sadly leaving in like a month, she and I um, developed this program last year um, and it came out of a place of kind of like, you know, you get worked up about a topic enough that you're like, we, somebody needs to do something about it. And you continue to say, somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to do something. And then you're like, no, I can do something about it. Right. And so we developed this program, HER, which stands for Health Empowerment and Recovery. And it's a women's health initiative. Um, we're teaching women about their bodies, the female body in general. Right. And it's like all this stuff that you didn't learn in health class. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're like me, I didn't have health class in high school. So you're learning all this stuff that you either have never been taught or you for, haven't heard in a long time, you know, talking through hormones and talking about how to like lift around your cycle or like, you know, how to track your cycle, things you should be asking your doctor about how nutrition plays a role, bone density, because that's a huge thing, right? right? And I think everyone compartmentalizes different parts of like womanhood, right? So like, okay, puberty is this and like, you're in your own group. And then like, when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s, and you're having your kids, like, you're your own group, and mm. then like, menopause, and then postmenopause, right? And I don't think that's fair. Right? I mean, there's so much wisdom to be shared across the ages, right? And there's so many similarities, right? So take osteoporosis, for example, there's a study that I saw that last summer that um, girls who high school girls who specialize in cross country, meaning they run um, a certain amount of mileage for nine months out of the year, they're more likely to have bone density issues than girls who do not specialize, right? So everyone thinks that osteoporosis is just an old people problem. It is mm -hmm. not just an old people problem, right? high schoolers. And then that's another thing that we watch for postpartum, because if, especially if you're breastfeeding, right? If you're breastfeeding, 
your body is sucking up more nutrients, right? It's taking more out of your system. And so if you're not putting enough back in, your bone density is gonna go down because your body is gonna pull that out of your bones, right? And then relative energy deficiency in sport or the female athlete triad, that's the other thing too, right? That can cause bone density changes. So all of those things were like, oh, that's, no, no, it's just old people or it's just this group. No, it's not just that group, it's everyone. And we need to be aware of it and we need to talk about it because if we're not, it's no wonder why some high school cross country girls teams have, you know, one stress fracture a year, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. We need to be talking about nutrition and how it supports hormonal health and how hormonal health impacts our bone density and how that impacts our performance, right? Because it's not just like one compartmentalized system. Right. Everybody works together right. in conjunction. So yeah, and we're we're going to be expanding into doing more like in-person events, um, more live events, you know, like let's go for a walk on the NCR trail or, you know, let's all go hang out for happy hour and just like talk and, you know, let's go do a workout. Let's like talk to each other and build this community around our area, right? So that we have women supporting other women. That's huge. That's yeah. such a huge topic too. So it's like, I mean, there's endless amount of things to get together to talk about. Yes. So exactly. that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And is it, it's Baltimore based, but do you have a virtual community as well? Yes. Yeah. So we have a Facebook group um, and we do Facebook lives on there and I can send you the link to post, yep. but yeah, we do um, Facebook lives and stuff like that. So yeah, there's both sides. Awesome. And yeah. if people want to get in touch with either you to learn more about what you do or to get involved with the, the her program. I have to tell you a funny story. I was looking for she for like 15 minutes yesterday. I was like, I, was like, I am. I know I'm in this group. Why is she not coming up? And um, that but, just yeah, reminds sorry. me of the Megan Thee Stallion song. Her, 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 her. She, 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 she. Love it. Yes. Oh my god. But it's her. Yes. Um, so what's the best way for people to? I guess um, follow you, connect with you, and. Uh, get involved with her yeah my instagram or the her facebook page um, my instagram is naomi m dylan dpt um so you can reach out to me there if you have any questions about like hey should i get like a pelvic floor assessment um or if you want to join the her group those two spots are the easiest the other is the fx physical therapy page so those okay. two things yep awesome yeah. And then my last question is if you have any favorite, any last words, basically. So if you have a favorite quote or anything that you want to leave us with related to what you do or life in general. My biggest thing is to listen to your body and to not be afraid of it. Mm. Don't let anyone make you fear your body because you are you're, you can't get anywhere with it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's critical to who you are and you need to learn how to be friends with it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. When you saying that makes me think about, you know, I, I think like most people I've had experience not loving my body and just coming to a place where like, I like not only accept it, but like respect it mm -hmm. for all that it does. And so I really love what what you are saying there. I think you're amazing. I think that in this short amount of time, we've covered a lot of really important topics that just bring other questions up, which I think is the purpose of having discussions is to mm -hmm. cultivate questions and things for people to be curious about. And I think we did that here. And so I appreciate your time. Yes. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes. And uh, 
yeah. I'm yeah. staying connected. So thank you so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on here. Thanks for sharing your time with me. Yeah, absolutely. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thanks to Naomi for joining us. Check out this week's show notes for information on how to connect with her on Instagram and through FX Physical Therapy. Oh, and be sure to check out her, H-E-R, on Facebook at Her Empower. Finally, please remember to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and follow me on Instagram at Nikki Tamburino and at Maybe Running Will Help for all the latest content. Until then, this is Nikki Tamburino. Don't forget to keep running, keep inspiring, and keep sharing how Maybe Running Will Help. Have a great run, everybody. You can't ignore it I'm transforming now these cars and planes I'm always boarding Just out touring down in Charlotte Like I play for Hornets When I'm performing, never boring Now you can't afford it Champagne Perrier Finish friends on my face Looking like I'm from the D D's no Cartier's Pockets deep, 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 bro I can make it in my seat, bro Do you and do me, bro Then we gon' go, go, go Whoa, whoa, I press the button and the doors go